Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans, presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. Now here's your host with the latest on the Burgundy and Blue, Mike Evans. Hey everybody, welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. Your comfort, our priority. As we uh, talk about these Colorado Avalanche, I hope, by the way, if you happen to miss the podcast on Friday, I had a really good conversation with Lauren Gardner with the NHL Network, also MLB Network, and really cut her teeth on the uh, media side here in Denver, including covering the Avalanche back during that that season, Jared Bednar's first season when they were just, you know, god-awful, and they were just kind of starting the whole rebuild, and she was there every step of the way. So great, great stories to tell about that year and that team and where the Avalanche were and where they've come to now. So really encourage if you missed it, go back here at denversports.com and go look at the archives and check out that podcast with uh, Lauren Gardner. Now, as far as this current edition of the Avs, they're slumping again. They're slumping. As we speak right now, they're in a spell where they've lost five out of their last six. It's a weird stretch of hockey that we've seen this season from this hockey team, the ebbs and the flows. So they start the season 6-0, and tie a franchise record for a fastest start ever. Then they go through a spell, a period, where they lose five out of seven, including those ugly losses to Vegas and to St. Louis. Jared Bednar airs them out calls them out, calls into question their effort. Then they respond by winning seven out of eight. And you're like, okay, they're past that rough patch. They've learned their lessons, and they're going to be fine the rest of the way. But no, they follow with a stretch of hockey that they're in right now where they've lost five out of six. So it's been really kind of strange to see this team go through these up and down waves, but any way you want to spin it, since starting the season 6-0, and they've gone 10-9-2. and That's a 500 hockey team over the course of 20 games. That's, un- that's unusual. I don't think we were expecting this. So the question then becomes, what's going on? What, what is this hockey team? And where should the level of concern be? Part of me wants to say it's just a slump. Part of me wants to say... This happens, and you'd rather they go through this kind of hockey now rather than later on in the season when it matters. Part of me feels that way. But there's also part of me that just can't blow this off because one thing that I think we've expected and come to expect from the Avalanche over the last several seasons, there is a certain level of consistency. There's a standard that we expect from this hockey team. And you would think – that a hockey team that is a full year removed from winning the Stanley Cup, like just for conversation purposes, as we talk hockey right now, the Nuggets are struggling. Nuggets are in a bit of a slump, but they're coming off a championship, right? So there is maybe a level of, hey, there's going to be a certain amount of hangover, especially early on the season, to be expected from them, right? But not with the Avalanche, because the Avalanche are a full year removed from winning the Stanley Cup. They should be hungry to get back to that level. We all would agree they're in a Stanley Cup window. And you would think that there'd be a level of intensity, focus, consistency, that we would not see this up and down 
level of hockey that we've seen from them since the season began. And also when you consider that there's so many new faces, you would think that so many new faces eager to make an impression here that we would not see such inconsistent hockey. So it's not something that I'm just going to blow off. I don't think you can because this up-and-down hockey is atypical of the Avalanche. And for a team that you would think is pretty hungry, I wouldn't be expecting such peaks and valleys to their game. Also, when you look at some of the individual players of late, look at these slumps. Miko Rantanen does not have a goal in nine games. Ross Colton, one goal in the last 11. Ryan Johansson, no goals in the last six games. Uh, Miles Wood, one goal in the last 11 games. Logan O'Connor, one goal in the last 20 games. Uh, Jonathan Drouin, one goal or no goal in the last seven games. Uh, Tomas Tatar, goose egg for the season, still can't buy a goal. So it's um, it's concerning only because you you not only have a, a guy like Miko, but Miko, Miko has earned the benefit of the doubt, right? Miko at one of these games is going to score a goal. It's just going to, you know, the floodgates are going to open and he's going to be fine. It's when you see all these newcomers and you see these new guys, the new supporting cast that we made such a big deal about before the season began, when you see them going through these struggles, when you see them going through the peaks and the valleys, um, that that is where the concern comes from because they're the unknown, right? They're the unknown variable in this in this season. How they perform, how they deliver will probably end up really telling the tale of, of this Avalanche team this season. So their play of late is uh, of concern. I, you just can't blow it off. you got an Avalanche team that, as we're speaking here right now, um, they're tied for first in their division with Winnipeg. They are fifth in the conference right now. And if the playoffs were to start today, they'd be looking at a first-round matchup with Dallas. That's not totally enticing. So it's it's one of those things that you – you. I, I guess I would ask you, uh, the loyal viewer here of the Mile High Podcast, and as an Avalanche fan, how do you choose to look at this? Do you look at this as no big deal? It's uh, a long season. Slumps happen. And there's still plenty of time to work things out. Or are you concerned? Do you look at the ebbs and flows of this season, the peaks and the valleys, and say, ah, that concerns me. That doesn't feel right. Something's off. Uh, it's up to you to decide what camp you're in. I, I, I choose to look at it as I got a really high standard for this avalanche team. I have a high level of expectations for this team. And to see them battling this inconsistency is a little bit concerning to me. There is, though, that part that you do have to step back and take a look at the the big picture. There's three months to go until the trade deadline. Think about that. The trade deadline doesn't come up until the middle of March. We got a long way to go. So there is time uh, for this thing to be figured out. Um, there is still a ton of time to uh, give, give this current roster – uh, a chance to show what they can do and maybe even continue to go through some of these peaks and valleys. It might be one of those things that as an organization, they sign up for that, right? The idea that there's three months to go. We're, we're, 
here in the early mid part of December, trade deadline in hockey doesn't come up until March 8th. That's an eternity. There's so much hockey to be played between now and then. So even I, as somebody who's not exactly thrilled with the way that they're playing and I'm concerned about it, I'm not going to just blow it off. Even I would have to admit that there's a lot of hockey, there's a lot of time left before you are absolutely in a position where you have to uh, make a move. Look, when it comes to the Avalanche and and where they're seated, I, I don't think it really matters that much. I, I, I really don't. If we've seen anything over the course of the last several years in the hockey playoffs, home ice really doesn't seem to be that impactful. You're seeing road teams win at um, an amazing clip, honestly. I mean, we're only a couple years removed from a Stanley Cup final between Boston and St. Louis where the road team won all seven times in the Stanley Cup finals. So the the idea that, wow, they have to get things figured out right now because seating's so important and you have to have home ice, I, I don't get caught up in that. I, I just don't think it's that important. I think what is important is making sure that you're playing your best hockey going into the playoffs. And where you're seated doesn't really matter. Didn't Florida just prove that a year ago? They barely got into the playoffs in the East and ended up in the Stanley Cup Finals. So uh, what's most important right now, and they and they do have the benefit of time, is to, is to do what Jared Bednar is doing. Try some different combinations and see how guys fit together and see what combinations work, what don't work, and sign yourself up for the idea that there could be some erratic hockey coming up over the next month or two and that this is a team that may go through some peaks and valleys for the time being. But the calendar affords that uh, before they get to a point where they're like, okay, enough's enough. We can't keep having these peaks and valleys. we got to do something about it. There's still time to do that. Uh, other interesting development with this hockey team is uh, the news that Gabe Landeskog is going to be around the team on a, a pretty regular basis. That's good news because I'm still skeptical about his ability to play this year. Uh, all the all the hockey people we've talked to, um, people like Mark Slareth, my morning partner, who knows a little something about surgeries, there, there remains a high level of skepticism that Gabe is going to be able to come back from that this year. I I will believe it when I see it. But one thing is clear. They miss Gabe's leadership. They miss his presence. Part of me is disappointed in that because you would think with the core players that they have that have been around, that have won a Stanley Cup, that have been around Gabe, you would think that some of that would rub off, right? And that the leadership um, vacuum wouldn't be that large created by the departure of, of Gabe. But it's clear it is. And Gabe is just, he is a special, special leader. He really is. He is a unique, unique leader that clearly the Avalanche miss. And I, I, I wonder how much impact he can make with his voice, with his presence, with his leadership, being the captain, if you're not playing. Every athlete I've ever talked to said you never feel more worthless or anonymous than when you're hurt and you can't help your team play. So what kind of impact he can make while not playing, 
I, he, it, it's not the same, right? It's not the same Gabe, full Gabe Landeskog package as when he's healthy, he's out there playing. But at this point, um, even a little less than that still helps. And so if Gabe can still bring something to this team while he's rehabbing, if he can bring a level of leadership, a voice, a presence, a reminder, hey, this is what I'm seeing. Hey, you're better than this. Hey, stop putting pressure on yourself. Hey, you need a kick in the butt, that kind of thing. If he can bring 50% of what he'd be able to bring from that leadership role if he was playing regularly, if he could bring 50% of that while he's still on the sidelines rehabbing, um, that's 50% that the Avalanche could really use. One other thing before we get out of here, uh, I, I think I speak for everybody uh, out there in uh, Avalanche uh, Nation, Avs Country, Avs Nation. Well wishes to Tony Granato. Uh, in case you heard, Tony Granato revealed that he has non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, he's getting ready to uh, undertake a, uh, a, a battle against cancer. We all wish him the best. Tony Granato is a good dude. He's a good Good man. And in all the years that I've been here covering the Avalanche, Tony Granato is one of the best men, one of the best people uh, to ever come through here um, to represent and be part of the Avalanche. Um, just just a classic gentleman, uh, somebody who doesn't have ego, uh, somebody who's ready to uh, step up and be a head coach and then be an assistant. Whatever you need of me. He was that way as a player. He's been that way as a coach. Uh, somebody who has made uh, an indelible mark on not only the avalanche, but just the hockey world, U.S. hockey in in, in particular. So this is uh, a challenging time for him, for his family. Knowing Tony Granato the way we all do, he's going to meet it head on. He's going to meet it with determination. He's going to meet it with class and um, dignity. So we wish him the best and wish for a very speedy recovery and know that uh, Tony Granato, all of our thoughts are with you. That'll do it for uh, today's version of the Mile High Hockey Podcast presented by Four Comfort Gutters. Your comfort, our priority. We'll be back again later in the week to talk all things Avalanche and NHL. We'll see you then.